Spencer, and I'm one of the teaching elders here at Word of Grace Fellowship. And last week, uh, I began a series uh, entitled uh, Your Master's Voice. Uh, and this uh, is off of a, actually a 1900 uh, trademark of RCA Victor phonographs. So that goes way back. And last week's title was Hear My Voice. And I talked about listening and how important it is for us to listen to God's voice. And one of the ways that of God is that he speaks. He speaks. He speaks through his word. He speaks through nature. He speaks through the Holy Spirit. And I particularly liked how he spoke to us today. He spoke to us through his blood. His blood speaks a better word. And his blood is speaking to us. And what's, what's his blood say? Do you hearken? Do you listen to it? It says you're forgiven. It says you've been redeemed. You've been restored. You're one of mine. That's what my blood did. And so God is about speaking to his people. And he speaks constantly and in many ways and in many fashions. And Scripture says, in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son. And so we must pay close attention to how God is speaking. Proverbs reminds us, now therefore, O sons, listen to me, for blessed are they who keep my ways. Listen to my ways, God's saying. Pay attention, heed instruction, and be wise, and do not neglect it. Blessed is the man who listens to me. And last week, I talked about so many of the voices that we have coming at us throughout the day, throughout the week. We have Facebook with all sorts of ideas and voices. We have Twitter and Instagram. We have Snapchat. Everything. Voices. Media. I mean, you know, the political realm right now is going to speed up and Everybody is just, well, everyone who's running is just pitiful if you listen. But God says, I want you, through all of these voices, to listen to me. And he did. He told us one thing. He said, my sheep, hear my voice. And that is the essence that we need to walk in. I can and do hear God's voice. In the midst of all of these voices that are yelling to me, those voices that are saying, oh, you are a failure, or you can't pray, or you are. And we have an enemy who loves to feed that into us. But we have to say, no, I hear his voice. I hear his voice in the blood. The blood speaks to me. The blood says, I'm forgiven. The blood says, I have a right to go into the very presence of God. The blood says, I have been redeemed. The blood says, what's the blood speaking? And so, sometimes, however, from Hebrews 11, 5, 11, it says, concerning him we have much to say, and it's hard to explain. And sometimes we just become dull of hearing. We don't give our attention to listening to God. We just let those other voices storm over us like a huge wave. And say, no, 
No, I want to listen to the voice that's speaking to me. And he's my father. He's my redeemer. He's my brother. He's my friend. He's my God. Listen to his voice. This is a cartoon. I know you may not be familiar with it. It's Zitz. Uh, Jeremy is a, uh, I don't know, 15, 16, 17-year-old adolescent, uh, and that's his mother there, and she says to him, Jeremy, have you been listening to me? And he says, uh, yes. Well, no. But I am now, and you can see he's holding up his right hand. I'm listening now. And then he says, but... If you said anything important over the past few years, this would be a good time to repeat it. And sometimes that's the way I feel. God, you're speaking to me, and I don't think I've been paying attention. Do you mind repeating it over the last few years? And I, and I, and I really love what, what Judah does here at the end of the year when we go to base camp. And base camp says, I'm going to, I will renew, I will review, I will tell us. What we've talked about in the ways of God this year, let that wash over you. Let that remind you of the ways of God. And so today's message is called, Here I Am. And we are going to be dealing with two Hebrew words today. And the first one is Shema. And if you've never heard of the Shema, the Shema is in Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 and 5, and it reads like this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And if you were a Jewish follower of Yahweh, you would say this prayer, the Shema, twice a day, once in the morning and once in the evening, and that would be one of your prayers that you would offer to him. And it's called the Shema. But it, the Shema is actually the word here. It is the first word, and so they've called that, that prayer uh, the Shema, but it's based on that very first word, which is to hear. And I want to talk about Shema for just a second, because in the Hebrew language, they have no specific word for obey. Isn't that amazing? All those laws, and they don't have a word for obey. The word they use for obey is shema, to hear. And so when you hear, it is understood that you are responding, that you are listening, and that you are directing yourself. Hearing is not just listening with one's ears, it's also listening, heeding, and obeying, which elicits a response. It's a call to action to listen and to obey. Shema means to obey and take action. So, to hear God is to obey God, and to obey God is to hear God. And so we shema, we hear. But it doesn't mean that I'm just listening. It means I am responding. I am getting ready to take action. Jesus said in Luke 8, as he said these things, he would call out, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. And it's just not, 
oh yeah, I hear what you're saying. It's, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not only hearing, I'm following. I'm responding to what you're saying. Now the New Testament deals a little bit more explicitly with this because they talk about hearers and doers. And that's where we get a little confused here in uh, our English language because we think hear just means to listen to good music and hear it, yeah. But the New Testament begins to spell that out. And James, oh, wait a minute, let me do the Acts first. Um, in Acts 2, when, when Peter's preaching to them and they heard his sermon, they said, now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, brethren, what shall we do? See, sometimes hearing requires you to take action, to do, to hear and to do. James says, prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. Isn't that an interesting, you know, if you just hear it. Well, I heard the sermon today. Or I heard what Judah was up here and said something about prayers and, yeah, you know. But the question was, did you hear and then did you respond? Did you lift those prayers? Did you lift your voice? Did you exalt him during that time? Or was it just something he was saying? And so... James says, you've you got to be more than just hearing this thing. You have to be doers of this word. Hannah, last week, and also in the song today, talked about um, the man who builds his house. And from Luke 6, everyone who comes to me, Jesus says, and hears my words, and then Jesus says, and acts upon them, I will show you who he's like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation upon the rock. And when a flood arose, the torrent burst against the house and could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who has heard and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built a house upon the ground without any foundation. And the torrents burst against it and immediately it collapsed and the ruin of the house was great. And so we understand that not only are we to be hearers, listeners, but we're also be those who respond. Now, unfortunately, we make excuses. Think about your excuses. I'm too busy, I'm too tired. Let somebody else do it. That's not my job. God didn't really say that. We are people who have a tendency when we hear, we may well say, oh, and then we come up with our grand excuses. From Calvin and Hobbes, just to drive home my point, whether you know Calvin and Hobbes or not, this is his teacher, and she's reading this note, and it says, please excuse Calvin, he's the little boy in the cartoon strip, from class today, 
His genius is urgently required on a top secret matter of national security. It's national security. Sincerely, the President of the United States. P.S. Really? She turns to him and says, nice try, sit down. And he goes back to his desk and he says, I gotta learn how to write in cursive. <laughs> See, we come up with excuses and we think the excuses are so good. We think, ah, it's a fail-proof excuse. And then suddenly God blows a hole in it. And you say, oh, I gotta think of another. So I'm going to uh, spend just a few minutes this morning on some excuse makers. Now, when you think of Moses, you do not think of a man who has excuses. You think of a man who's at this burning bush and he bows down and God speaks to him and he says, I'm gone. But he's a sick, he turned the job down six times. Six times he turns the job down. We're going to just talk about those in a minute. He says, uh, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, that I should bring the sons of Israel out? Who am I? And you may say to yourself, God, why are you using me? Get somebody else. Who am I? And God, in his response to him, says, I'll be with you. That's how you can go. I'll be with you. And so God speaks to you, and you say, oh, why me? No, no, not me. God says, I'll be with you. I'm with you. Well, the second turn down is from Exodus 3, 13 and 14. Then Moses said to God, behold, I am going to the sons of Israel, and I shall say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now, they may say to me, what is his name? I, I don't know who you are. I don't know what to tell them. Uh, so I, I'm not a good witness. No, get somebody else. And God in that particular says, listen, here's who you tell them. I am is sending you. And he says, they will listen to your voice. Well, Moses is still hunting for an out. So he says, ah, what if they don't believe me? And then Moses answered and said from Exodus 4, 1a, what if they don't believe me? God has this little test for him. He says, what's in your hand? And Moses said, well, my staff is in your hand. He says, throw it down on the ground. And he throws it down on the ground, and what happens? It turns into a snake. And Moses sees the snake, and he jumps back. And Moses said, no, or God says to Moses, grab a hold of that snake by the tail. So he reaches down, he grabs a hold of it, and he picks it up, and it turns back into a staff. He says, that will show them, and they will believe you. Well, excuse number what am I, four? What if they won't listen? God, Moses says, or from 4B, 4-1-B, what if they won't listen to what I say? For they may say, oh, the Lord hasn't appeared to you. And God says, I'll give you another sign. I want you to go down to the Nile, 
and grab some water out of the Nile and pick it up and then pour it onto the ground. And when you pour it onto the ground, it's going to turn into blood. And they will then listen to you. Well, Moses is running out of excuses here. So, number five, he says, okay, Moses said to the Lord, please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither recently nor in time past nor since. Uh, you have spoken to your servant, but I'm slow of speech and I'm slow of tongue. That's a good excuse. I just can't speak well. I mean, I can't get in front of a bunch of people and speak. That's a good enough excuse. And God says to him, I will teach you to speak, and I will tell you what to say. Well, you'd think Moses got the point right at this point. He's done with excuses, but he's got one more. And he thinks this will trumpet. He says, but he said, please, Lord, send somebody else. Excuses. Just send somebody else. I'm running out of excuses, and these aren't working. Just pick somebody else. Now, what's really interesting, God ran out of patience. He says, and then the anger of the Lord burned against Moses. I am sending you, Moses. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to make a concession. You say you can't speak well? You know what I'll do? Your brother Aaron. You can take him with you, and I'll speak through him and you. So, what's your excuse? Imagine, you're living in London, England. You have a good job, you're happily married, you have one child, things are going good. And then the telephone rings. Hey. How would you like to live in the United States of America? How would you like to come over here? Leave everything. Leave your family, your home, your belongings. This sounds like a really good idea, and just come over here. Well, if it had been me, I'd have had a lot of excuses. Look at them. Do you really expect? They won't listen to me. They won't believe me. I'll be with you. I'll be in your mouth. So we have man who ran out of excuses and said, I will come, God. 
and brought his wife with him. So let's take a look at Gideon. Gideon's another man of excuses. And this may even remind you of yourself a little bit more because sometimes we look at the circumstances around us and that's one of the excuses Gideon comes up with from Judges 6, 12 to 14. And then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, Gideon, and said to him, the Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. And you've heard me talk about this before. God called him a valiant warrior and this is the same guy that is hiding in a wine vat, okay? Scared to death that the Midianites will see him and attack him. Then Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why is all of this happening? Because the Midianites would regularly um, come in, steal their food, um, just uh, ramsack all that they had. And so he says, look at what's going on around me. Where are all his miracles that our fathers told us about saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. And God says, have I not sent you? Look at, look at, look at things around us. Look at, the, look at the state of the United States. Look at the problems that are going on in my life. Look at the circumstances around me. How in the world could you possibly use me? Well, that doesn't seem to work for Gideon. So he tries another avenue of excuse. He says, and the Lord looked at him and said, go in this your strength and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? And he said to him, O Lord, how shall I deliver Israel? Behold, look at my family. Look at what a mess they are. They're the least in Manasseh. How, look, at, look at them. I got kids who don't listen. I've got a husband who's off hunting. I got, I got problems. How, my family... Well, that doesn't work either. And so, as his last excuse, Gideon says, Oh, I'm the youngest in my father's family. But the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat Midian as one man. I'm, I'm young. I like to use this one. I'm old. I'm too old. I'm too old to go to Romania. <laughs> I'm sending you to Romania. I said that to my wife, not me. <laughs> What'd you say, Lord? <laughs> I'm sending you to Romania. I, I'm, me? I'm just a girl. And off she went to Romania. Made me cook for 10 days. I can't believe that. <laughs> Jeremiah. Jeremiah is classical. He does the same thing. And now the word of the Lord came to, to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. And then I said, Alas, Lord, I, I don't know how to speak. I'm just a kid. I'm just a kid. I don't know how to speak. 
I'm sending you. And so we see that there's this litany of excuses that people try to use when they hear the voice of God telling them, I want to use you for something. I want to use you to take the neighbor a meal. I want to use you to drive somebody someplace. I want to use you. I want to use you in kids' ministry. I want to use you. No, Lord, I got an excuse. And it's a really good excuse. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm a youth because everywhere I send you, you shall go and all that I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Is God with you? God is with you. Do you hear his voice? Yes, my sheep hear my voice. Do I listen? Well, we're going to get to that in a minute. I just like Adam. He, he, he doesn't have a whole lot of excuses. His are pretty simple. Genesis 3, 8, and 9. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees in the garden. Then the Lord God called to Ad, the man and said, where are you? I mean, you know, it's not as if you can hide from God. You can't. He said, where are you? Oh, man, how did you find me? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. I want to tell you something. You cannot hide from God. If God asks you to do something, and you hear his voice, don't hide. Because he knows where you are. He can find you. Don't come up with excuses. Because he'll out-excuse you. But they all alike began to make excuses. That was when uh, Jesus was telling about this parable where he was going to have this great wedding feast and he was inviting all his friends. And he invited his friends and the first one said, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, I just bought a field and I have to attend to it. Then he second man said, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I just bought five yoke of oxen. I got to watch over the oxen. And then a third guy said, hey, wait a minute. I just got married and I got to stay home. Excuses. They all began to make excuses. If, I like this one, so I threw it in there. If it's important to you, you'll find a way. But if not, you'll find an excuse. Ouch. Ouch. I can't do it. I'm too busy. I can't do it. I'm too young. I can't do it. I'm just a girl. I can't do it. Because I don't speak well. I can't do it. I'm going to be with you. What are you worried about? What's your excuse? Well, the second word... We're going to talk about, remember, Shema, I hear. 
meaning I respond. The second word, oh man, I gotta have to tell you a story about this one. This is, I heard this word 15, maybe 20 years ago. And for 15 or 20 years, I pronounced it incorrectly, I think. <laughs> and dear friend of my wife sent her a praise song yesterday. Can you believe it? Yesterday. And in that praise song, it was Jews for Jesus, and they're busy singing this praise song. And in this praise song is this word. Hineni. Hineni. I got a thumbs up. Hineni. Here I am. I am completely listening in the state of response, and that's what Hineni means. Now, it's used quite a few times in Scripture. We first run across it in Samuel, uh, and I want to talk a little bit about that. So the Lord God called Samuel again for the third time. Remember that account? And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And Eli discerned that the Lord was calling the boy, and Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you shall say, Speak. Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and laid down in his place, and then the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak. Your servant is listening. Your servant is listening. Now, if you look at the account... God says to Samuel, a young boy, listen, I want you to deliver some bad news to Eli. You know, he's been like a father to you. He's mentored you. But what he has done is he's had two boys who have blasphemed me. He hasn't gotten them under control. And I want you to go tell him I am ending the house of Eli. You want me to do that? I mean, you know. Well, Samuel sleeps the rest of the night, and he gets up in the morning, and Samuel says, Well, did the Lord, or Eli says, Well, did the Lord speak to you last night? then Eli called Samuel, and Samuel said, My son! And he said, Hineni, here I am. I'm ready to do what I have to do. And the scripture goes on to say, and then he did. He told him everything that the Lord had said, and Eli said, It's the Lord. I understand. Hineni. Now, one thing in my meditations on Hineni that I'm beginning to be a little more aware of is that sometimes when you say, here I am, Lord, there's a tough assignment. I mean, you know, for 
Samuel, it was, you got to go tell Eli that he's out. I'm going to ruin him. And so here we have Abraham. And Abraham, here's the voice of God calling him. And it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and he said to him, Abraham! And Abraham said, Hineni, here I am, Lord, I'm ready to respond. And he said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Morah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I'll tell you. Woo! Wait a minute, I'm not here, Lord. That was somebody else. God wants us to be able to say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. Jacob. Genesis 46. And God spoke to Israel, that's Jacob, in visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, Hineni, Hineni, here I am, Lord. I'm listening. I'm ready to respond. What do you want me to do? And he said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make you a great nation there. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, God, you got this wrong. I'm supposed to be here in the land that you promised. You promised our fathers this land right here where I'm at. Now you want me to go to Egypt? Don't you know those people down there are not good people? Don't you know they worship other gods? And you want me to go to Egypt? Yeah, I'm going to make you a great nation there. Hineni, okay. Or how about Isaiah? From Isaiah 6, verse 8. Then I heard the, Lord's verse of, the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And then I said, Oh, ooh, ooh, here I am, Lord, send me. Oh, okay. I want you to go to Israel and tell them that um, I'm about to destroy them. Um, they will be nothing left but a burning stump. So go tell them that. Send somebody else. <laughs> Send somebody else. Two words. Shema. I'm here. I listen. I obey. And when I hear you, I hineni. Hineni. I'm ready to go. Whatever you have to say whether it's to send me to Romania, whether it's to send me to the United States of America, whether it's to send me to the neighbor across the street, or whether it's for me to cook a meal for somebody. Oh, don't you know, I can't. I'm not a good cook. I'll be with you. I never did that before. I'll be with you. But wait a minute, uh, I don't have all the supplies. I don't, you know, spaghetti is tough to find. <laughs> That's okay, you go to the store, I'll show it to you. God wants us 
to be atoned into him. He wants us to listen for his voice, and more importantly, he wants us to respond. It's the way of God. It's the way of God. It's, he speaks. And we sit and we say, oh, I hear the blood. He speaks, and it does. It speaks volumes to me. It speaks of my salvation. It speaks of sacrifice. It speaks of all that God has done for me. It speaks. He speaks in his son. He speaks in his word. He speaks in nature. Am I listening? And then do I respond? Hebrews 4, 7 reminds us, today, mm, today if you hear his voice, and he may not speak totally to you today. You know, I, I made this joke last week and I decided that I would not say God's going to call you at 1 o'clock to do something. You know, I've just decided that's not, I know that. So I'm thinking God will wait till this evening. <laughs> Maybe 8.30, something like that. And he'll say, oh, I want you. Oh, wait, wait till the game's over, Lord. No, that's a not a good excuse. Whoa, I invited all my friends here. Nah, I want you to do this. But God, don't you know? Don't harden your heart. Don't make excuses. Don't come up with reasons you can't do it. Or shut your ears. Well, Hebrews 2.1 says, For God has spoken in his Son. For this reason we must pay close attention to what we've heard, lest we would drift from it. And I want to tell you, drifting is really easy. And if any of you have ever been to the ocean, um, you know, it's one of those things where you go into the water and you're there with a couple of friends and you're talking, and pretty soon you're about 100 yards down the beach from where you went in. Because there's a subtle drift. There's a subtle drift, and you're not even aware of it. And it's just slowly taking you, drifting you down. And you say, how did we get all the way down here? I, I, don't, I don't get it. Well, you were drifting. And God says, I want you to pay close attention to what you've heard, lest you drift from it. Put an anchor in. Hebrews 6 says, we have an anchor. We have an anchor that'll keep us from drifting. Pay close attention to what you've heard. Oh, not only heard it, but responded. And I think the last scripture for today may have been that one. No, there we are. Isaiah 50. I used this last week, and I want to, it's a good reminder. Isaiah 50, verses 4 and 5. The Lord God has given me the tongue of a disciple. Are you a disciple of Christ? And he's given you a tongue. That I may know how to sustain the weary one with a word. Mm. So you are an encourager. You are the one who you can bring a word of help in time of need. A good word. A word of strengthening, a word of enlightenment, a word from the Lord. 
He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not disobedient, nor did I turn back. God's ways, and one of God's ways is to speak. And when he speaks, he wants you to listen and to respond. Shema, I hear, O Lord. The Lord God is one God. I will love the Lord God with all my heart, with all my soul, all my strength. Got it backwards, but I did not turn back. And the second word we heard today, Hineni, Hineni, which means I'm here, Lord, ready to go whatever you want me to do. Let's meditate on those as we go out this week. We listen to them. We think about them. And we tune our ears as a disciple. And I'm listening for you, Lord. And all of the voices that are speaking and all the things that are saying, my job, my family, the circumstances, the economy, my friends, my relatives, my help. Are you listening through all of that to my voice? Remember, I'm with you. I will not leave you or forsake you till the end of the age. I will be with you. Amen? Amen. Excellent word, brother. Thank you, Lord. We have three quick announcements before we go. The first being that next week is Family Sunday, or fam yeah, Family Sunday, um, and so the children will be upstairs the whole service, so we want to make sure you prepare accordingly for that. Um, we will also be having baptisms next week, so if you are interested um, in anybody in your family or you yourself uh, being baptized, make sure you see Judah, uh, one of the elders, 